the story of my life I'll tell about the night we met And how my heart can't forget the way That you smile at me I want the world to know The story of my life The moment when your lips met mine And that first exciting time I held you close to me The sorrow when our love was breaking up The memory of a broken heart Then later on the joy of making up Never, never more to part There's a one thing left to do Before my story's through I've got to take you for my wife So the story of my life can start And end with you That's Marty Robbins singing the 1957 track by Bert Backrack entitled The Story of My Life and even its uh, old-fashioned... Um, sort of the bouncing rubber ball type of uh, arrangement. It's very moving, actually. It's a very moving song because it starts somewhere and concludes somewhere that's enduring and very powerful. And this is a short podcast on the um, a kind of ballad in favor of married love. And I feel it's important because... Um, Marriage is really, um, gosh, I'm going to sound old-fashioned, but it's, uh, I believe it, and I have really always believed this element in the biblical narrative of human nature and divine second chances. But the picture that um, God intends human nature, individual human nature, to find its sort of... um, ultimate contentment, ideally, in a lifelong marriage, a man with a woman and a woman with a man. And that, you know, my friends uh, on the Gospel Coalition are always talking about complementarity, and I, it just is a word that I hear all the time. But um, Marty Robbins and Bert Backrack sort of captured it, um, that the story of my life would start and end with you. And when you uh, have a relationship of long-term uh, commonality and uh, oneness out of Tunis, you are moved by the sheer uh, accumulation of events which have made a life that simply really began when you met the other person and um, will only conclude when you're separated by death. And even at that point, our unity with God will be complete and therefore mutual and therefore parallel. So I fully expect, and I mean this very sincerely, to see Mary on the other side in heaven with God, uh, white robes and all, knights in white satin. I fully expect to see her, although our vision will be directed not at each other, although we'll know each other, because of our shared love, but our vision will be directed outward and onto someone else. I want to talk about that for just a minute. The um, the greatest 
um, blessing with which you can endow a marriage is a shared faith in God. Now, I used to say this for many years, having um, presided over and counseled, I think, hundreds of weddings in the Episcopal Church over the many, many years, and I'm still doing it. And um, what I used to say, sort of at the beginning of the second session, after we'd sort of gotten to know each other and we'd had some fun and I'd tried to understand this couple, I'd tried to understand this young mostly, sometimes divorced in second marriages, but this woman and this man, I sought to understand uh, the gestation and inauguration of their particular relationship. But I would (coughs) almost always begin, and I sort of (coughs) became a little more diffident about this later on because I was dealing with such secular people, the people who would come to me, let's say in uh, Chevy Chase or or in, uh, not at the Advent so much, but I did experience this in Scarborough, New York, and to some extent in Grace Church downtown New York City. The people that would come, I would be a little more, um, uh, a little less forceful about this section of it, but I couldn't believe it more, and I believe it as much as anything now. I would say, well, (coughs) you... um, you have different views, you have different backgrounds, you bring different bagage to the situation. Each of you is an individual who's come together. But the unity is best expressed in a common attention. Attention à someone, a certainly a shared picture of what's important, that transcends your individual peculiarities and temperamental um, inheritances and uh, psychogenetic givens. But if you can both really look to God, and uh, you might say, uh, get up in the morning and read your Bible together, not Dostoevsky, good as that is, and not Eric Siegel, good as he was, but share together reading something transcendent and given from outside yourselves that you both attach uh, meaning and value and precious um, strength to, that will be an unbeatable thing. And I uh, mean that now more than ever. We begin every single day, seven days a week, with... um, quiet time. We, it's just, we want to do it. Uh, it's not a first use of the law. Almost is, though. It sort of comes with the package. It's definitely not second. We don't feel it's a moral judgment if we don't, or one of us is away, or one of us oversleeps occasionally. But we, in fact, we get up at the same time every single day, seven days a week, with rare exceptions, and read the scripture in a small, uh, section of whatever book we're going through. We've just finished the book of Revelation, and it's been extremely heuristic and helpful and really um, strengthening in such a difficult period in the life of uh, the outside world in which you and I inhabit. But that is something that I would say to people, and they'd sort of give it lip service, but no one actually does it. I mean, I know devout Christian couples who share a intimate faith in God and Christ and in the Word of God, who, in fact, one of them or the, both of them may, in fact, have individual quiet times during the day, but very rarely do they do it together. I would say, I don't think we, we've met anybody over the years who, even those who really have a time with God in the morning, who actually spend it together. And what I think we found is that that, that is the great... Um, Bridge. That is the great connector. It's the story of our lives, um, 
the yes, there was the beginning, and yes, there was the smile, and then there was the what is it? The first time that I held you tight, and there's the the uh, breakup to make up, and uh, all the different uh, chapters of the romantic. Um, slightly elliptical character of human loving that was ultimately grounded and ultimately saved on several occasions by a shared conviction. The most uh, important time we ever had, Mary and me, my wife of coming on quite soon, 50 years, and I knew her years before we got married, so it's more like 55. When I first came to Harvard as a junior, uh, in Lowell House there and was uh, happy, having a wonderful time. It was a great breath of fresh air in my own life. And she had moved to Boston to take up a career in nursing at Mass General Hospital. And um, we were not really in a romantic relationship, although I would have liked it. We weren't for all sorts of normal reasons. And um, But we would sit regularly on a Tuesday night a Thursday night, she would drive over. She was willing to drive over. We enjoyed each other's company. But we'd sit on the steps of Mem Church, Memorial Church in Harvard Yard. We're talking about 9.30 to 10.30 on a weekday night. Very few people in the yard except a few freshmen walking around. And uh, it was quiet and peaceful in the fall of 1970 before it got cold. And we would talk about God. She had been impressed by Paul Tillich during her studies at Chapel Hill, and uh, she had been impressed with a very benign, relatively liberal, but not radically liberal um, approach to religious studies, which had been really opened some doors that had not been opened yet. And she was very interested in pursuing fresh thoughts about the Bible and fresh thoughts about uh, the Christian faith uh, in a way that was deeply constructive. And I was nowhere and everywhere. I mean, I had come because I really wanted to study religion in a what I thought was a more credible and higher academic level. And it, it was, in fact, um, probably, and uh, was really deeply involved in ancient Greek and Plato and uh, Aristotle and also um, the Polish Reformation, as it turned out. And uh, so much was going on. And we would sit and talk about our shared faith. And I really wasn't anywhere clear. I had more questions than I had, quote, answers. And she was in a place of tremendous um, kind of a, a wonderful diaphanous uh, openness to God. It wasn't just, um, but that's the point. It wasn't just ideas. We weren't, you know, well, I think, well, I think, and well, how? Do, what about the suffering in the world? You know, it wasn't a bull session. It was sort of a, we were looking, we were actually looking in uh, the same direction. It wasn't just her and me at that point. It was looking in the same direction, and it proved to be it's one of those moments that could have, Backrack could have written a little a verse of story of my life, you know, when we began to talk in that way. And I want to really ask you to think about that in your relationships, especially in your primary um, romantic relationship, to um, see the uh, tremendously um, positive, strengthening, um, stabilizing, and archaeologically intimate character of a conversation, a word that I normally don't like because it's been used so many other contexts that I've found bruising and uh, hortatory, but um, a conversation in the true sense of the word between two individuals who are both looking in the same direction for ultimate answers. And this is the conversation that will sustain you when a child becomes lost for all sorts of reasons in a certain period of his or her life or when um, 
you become lost in a certain period of uh, your or her life, uh, or uh, some blow comes out of the clear blue sky to yank you off of a normal track and things are changed for reasons over which you have no control, as it were. And um, this gaze which Mary and I were given to have sitting uh, on the steps of Mem Church and Harvard Yard was uh, really life-giving. I'm wondering if you can identify with that. I mean, if you do, do you have moments in your own relationship when that kind of intimacy before God, even in a very broad sense, but not this world, it's not interest, you know, I love rock and roll, and I love horror movies, and I love flying saucers, and I love science fiction, and I love all sorts of art, and I love all sorts of literature, and I have all sorts of connections and uh, personal experiences and associations that mean a great deal to me, but none of them compare, as uh, Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to uh, this, nothing, and... Uh, Maybe you know that. Maybe you wish you had it. Maybe you would like to deepen it. I uh, was with some people I love recently and devout, lifelong Christian people of great uh, integrity, great integrity each, a man and wife, and yet they don't actually um, read the Bible together. And uh, maybe you can do it individually, but you need to have it. It's like centering prayer. You, you can't do centering prayer alone. Try as you might. I mean, you can do it for a time, but real centering prayer has to be kind of shared. It's an odd thing about our bodily lives. These things cannot be done totally on one's own. It's too easy to go off. So that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to talk about that little scene in Memorial Church uh, in 1970. See if you can identify with it. We went back years later and sat in the same place. It hadn't changed much, although they had little kind of folding chairs, believe it or not, for people who might want to sit at night, although now there's security and everything's all much, much, quote, tighter, end of quote, to no avail, in my opinion. I mean, look what, anyway, COVID, there were no people at all. Um, but um, we had that, and you can have it, and uh, you certainly want it. I know you want it. That's all I had to say, and I think I might actually replay the wonderful song and listen again carefully to the concluding verse. Here's to a happy marriage. God love you. Bye-bye. There's a one thing left to do Before my story's through I've got to take you for my wife So the story of my life can start and end with you. The sorrow when our love was breaking up, the memory of a broken heart, and later on the joy of making up, never, never more to part. There's a one thing left to do before my story's through. I've got to take you for my wife So the story of my life can start and end Can start and end Can start